Hello. Welcome to the Bore You to Sleep podcast. The podcast that will hopefully help you get to sleep. I am going to read an open source book, one that is not particularly interesting, but one that is hopefully boring enough to get you to sleep. Tonight's readings are going to continue on from American Big Game Hunting from the Boone and Crockett Club. This book talks about a lot of areas of interest of mine, but it's not riveting enough to keep you awake. So, I think it's a great book to read, listen to, and hopefully become sleepy and possibly fall asleep to. You might hear a little bit of background noise tonight. It's warm where I am, and I've had to open the windows, let in a bit of air to cool down the room. As always, if you've enjoyed listening to the readings or the podcast, I'd love to hear from you please jump online to the podcast app or online to anywhere you can locate the Bore You To Sleep podcast as it's streamed through a few different channels. Leave a comment, subscribe, let me know if you're enjoying the podcast or if there's any other readings you'd like to hear me read. And as always in the meantime, sit back, lie back, Enjoy the readings, and hopefully you become a little sleepy. Tonight we're going to pick up from where we left off. The next chapter, following the Boone and Crockett Club introductory chapter, is called A Buffalo Story. On the last day of September... 1871, I joined my regiment, then in camp near Fort Hayes, Kansas. At the time, the different troops of the regional had not been assigned to their winter quarters. My own was on its way north from Texas, where it had been stationed since the close of the war. I was extremely anxious to learn from its destination was, for I had never killed any of the large game of this country. In fact, had never filed a rifle, except at a target. Should my troop be ordered to Fort Riley or Fort Hanker, east of Fort Hayes or to Fort Dodge, south of Hayes, I feared that my chance of meeting with large game would be doubtful. To my great delight, however, I found that my assignment was to Fort Lyon, situated on the northern bank of the Arkansas River in eastern Colorado. On October 12th, about 10am, we broke camp and took up our line of march for the west. Following the old Smoky Hill stage route, 
the autumn thus far had been very mild. The great migration of the buffalo to their winter range in Texas had not yet begun, and I had some lingering doubts as to whether we might not reach our destination before the head of their column would cross our road. We had only gone about ten miles from the camp. However, when I espied a solitary old bull, and instantly I was all excitement to the great amusement of my companions. Taking an orderly from the ranks, I put spurs to my horse and was soon in hot pursuit of this decrepit outcast. This was sport new both to my horse and myself. We were both excited and equally timid. At a range of 50 yards or more, I emptied my revolver at the poor, tottering, old body and a chance shot hit him and brought him to bay. It was now his turn to take up the chase. With some difficulty I recharged my weapon and one or two more shots brought my first buffalo to earth. He was old and lean and mangy and yet I was loath to allow one pound of his flesh to be wasted and wanted to carry it all back to the camp. The orderly said, with a cynical smile, Lieutenant, he ain't no good to eat, but you might take his tongue. His smile was changed to smothered laughter when he saw me attempting to carve up the corners of the animal's mouth in order to take the tongue out between the teeth. He dismounted, and with a single cut beneath the underjaw showed me how to take the tongue out properly. As evening came on, small groups of buffalo were seen dotting the plain. At sunrise, we saw hundreds where the night before there had been only dozens. From this point out to Fort Wallace, we were never out of sight of these nomads of the great American desert. From the higher points of our route, when the horizon was distant from 10 to 20 miles, hundreds of thousands were visible at the same instant. They were not bunched together as cattle are in droves, but were spread out with great regularity over the entire face of the land. On the third day of our march, a severe snowstorm set in, accompanied by a fierce north wind, a genuine norther. This night, we were compelled to leave the road and go to the Smoky Hill River for water. We made our camp at the mouth of a small ravine that led down to the stream through the bluffs 
which there form its banks. Millions of buffalo were driven before the storm and, being prevented by the high banks of the river from crossing either above or below this point, were huddled together in a dense mass which threatened to overwhelm our little command. By placing our camp a little to one side of this living tide and under the friendly shelter of the bluff, we passed the night in security while the countless horde kept up its ceaseless tramp. For six days, we continued our way through this enormous herd, during the last three of which it was in constant motion across our path. I am safe in calling this a single herd, and it is impossible to approximate the millions that composed it. At times they pressed before us in such numbers as to delay the progress of our column, and often a belligerent bull would lower and shake his shaggy head at us as we passed him in a few feet distant. Of course, our fare was principally buffalo meat during this trip, and killing them soon ceased to be a sport. The next year, the winter of 72 and 73, this herd during its southward migration extended as far as Fort Lyon, or some 70 miles farther west than its route for previous years. It was probably driven to this course by the extension westward of settlements in Kansas and Nebraska. This was the last great migration of the southern herd of buffalo. Millions and millions were killed this season, and their hides were shipped east over the United Pacific, Kansas Pacific, and Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroads. And this leads me to the short story I have to tell. The winter had been especially severe. The entire country north of the Arkansas Valley was deeply covered with snow, while the valley itself was comparatively open. The quarters in which I lived faced the south. The yard in the rear of my house was enclosed by a board fence about seven foot high and a wide gate afforded means for entrance. One night in the late winter or early spring, the region was visited by one of those terrific storms for which this section is so justly celebrated. The wind blew with a violence such as I had never experienced. The air was filled with drifting snow, 
and the temperature was in the neighbourhood of zero. About the break of dawn, I was awakened by my servant who said to me, Lieutenant, the wind blew your back gate open last night and a buffalo has come in and taken refuge under the shelter of the fence. It was only necessary for me to raise myself in bed and look out of the window, which was at its foot to verify this fact. I directed that my gun and a few cartridges should be brought me, and while my servant held up the window, I, still lying in the bed, gave this solitary old bull a broadside at fifty yards range. At the salutation, he started out through the gate, and before I could reload, was out of sight behind the fence, so I rolled over to resume my morning's nap. Two or three hours later, word was brought to me that I killed the buffalo and that his body was lying about 200 yards back on the plain. I went out to him and took his tongue as my reward. Investigation showed that I had shot him through the lungs and that he was able to go thus far before succumbing to his mortal wound. Poor miserable old tramp. He had evidently been driven out of the herd to die, having become a useless member of its society, and in killing him, I spared him a few days of further suffering, and scored a record of buffalo killing rarely or never paralleled. George S. Anderson And that's the conclusion of tonight's readings from American Big Game Hunting. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you're feeling a little sleepy. Thank you for listening and look forward to reading for you soon.